I'm, uh, I'll be ready in five years. Right. Yeah. Well, they say as soon as it happens, you're ready. I, I slept in my car for three months in LA when I moved there. Fatherhood or what? Not quite, almost. Almost fatherhood? Yeah. What's up? Show your face. Ben Hurwitz, the freaking legend. What's up, <laughs> Let's get to it. Ben Hurwitz, what's up, dude? What's good up, man? Good to see you, Ben yeah, Hurwitz. Good to see you, too. Returns How have you been? to the podcast. I'm great, man. How you been? Good, good. Good to be back. Yeah, I'm glad dude. you reached out. Yeah. Because it's kind of, you can easily uh, put this on hold for too long. You can, you can go like, hey, it was nice having this guy. And then years go by. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Well, we had a good conversation last time. For those of you who didn't listen to the first episode, we, for the most part, talked about like, I guess the business of mm-hmm. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've had some experience with um, not porn stars and like filming with porn stars. No. Porn wise, but you have had. I've done podcasts. Yes, exactly. No, I've, I've filmed with uh, porn stars uh, <laughs> but not, not having sex. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they were uncomfortable doing that, which is like kind of funny. Well, they, yeah, they were and they weren't. They were excited to do it, but yeah. they don't know how. Right. They don't know how to be on camera and not have sex with people. Yeah. They don't know how to, how to do that. Well, I mean, back, I think it was like initially like, uh, I don't know if it was even taboo back in like the 70s and 80s. Everyone like had a bush. People were thinking it was cool to do porn maybe, but like, yeah, maybe yeah. That's interesting. Like, maybe like now it's not even taboo either. I think we've come full circle. Yeah. It was, it wasn't taboo. Uh-huh. Like in the sixties and seventies, it yeah. was kind of cool. Uh, and then it was not good. Yeah. And now it's like kind of okay with no, the no, only now fans. Anybody can do anything they want when it's fucking chaos. Yeah. People are putting like vertical videos on Pornhub and stuff, you know? So it's like straight from the only fans. Well, I, yeah. You, you guys know what I'm talking about. No, it's all, I mean, it's all, everything is fair game right now, which means it's the end of it's close to the end of the world. Uh, Think I, I so? think, yeah, yeah, I think, and also, I don't think it's a coincidence that that uh, the areas where people shoot porn are going to be underwater in about 10 years. That God yeah, has true. smited Miami, Brazil, California. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Damn, dude. So you, what do you, how do you think the world's going to end? Um, I don't, I, I actually, uh, I don't think it's going to end anywhere near our, our lifetime. I just think it's going to get kind of fucking, I think New York's going to be underwater. In our lifetime now, like within the next 40, 50 years. Completely no. Well, we're because we're building I, that wall. Apparently. New York around New York around Manhattan. I think or there's a proposal for it. It's going to cost like that's eighty bill. Well, I don't know. Okay, explain it to me before I actually get upset. I don't know if I really can explain it to you. They're but building I, a wall around the city, the lower part of Manhattan. It's going to cost like eighty billion dollars. Starting the pro- un- the underwater. Propo- the proposal is there to like actually start the construction. So they're going to build from underwater to I believe so above yeah. water, so that the so that we can stay above sea level. Yes. I think that's what's that's what they're talking about doing. Yeah, yeah. So, the, so then, what's going to happen? I mean, at the moment, what's happening is there's so much weight on the Manhattan, the island, because they keep yeah, building skyscrapers. They they keep building skyscrapers that are half empty on a floating piece of land. Yeah, it's not great. No one's even in fucking half of the. I don't even like people who were even building initially. I don't know why they didn't think of that. You know, like they're building yeah. and having all this weight on land to be like, well, eventually, isn't it going to just. Go through. Well, I, you know, step I'm step through it. I'm still relatively new to New York, but the sense yeah. that I get is, it's like, hey, it's New York. We got to make things happen. Um, we I never like give that. up. And and what they're doing is by never giving up, they're putting more mass on the island and sinking it gradually. So I, I do think uh, within 20 years, there could be like part. The Chinatown could be, you know. It could have some water. It's going to be an interesting world for your kid. By the way, Ben, almost, we, a, almost a father. We're in Queens, though. So oh, we're, so you're good. You're yeah, good yeah we're like hiding at least, Queens. At least yeah. a few more years. Uh, and we'll leave. Years. Yeah. Right, right. You go up to the Bronx. We'll go, yeah, well, I mean, we'll <laughs> start driving to Pennsylvania. Dude, I mean, so how long until your father? Uh, two months. 
You pumped? You yeah, uh, I'm. Uh, I'll be ready in five years. Right. Yeah. Well, they say as soon as it happens, you're ready. Or you never. Yeah. You're never I mean, really I ready. I don't know who the fuck they are. Right? Yeah, there right, are plenty right. of people who aren't ready. That's true. But they're are, making the. You see, ready don't you see them alive. out in the world? I people, do. Yeah. I do. People right. holding their kid, uh, their kid's face down in their arm, and they're just holding it like like that. My dad's friend is in his like late sixties, early seventies, around that age, and he's having a surrogate. I don't think that should, no offense to your dad's friends. Yeah. I don't think that should be allowed. I think Having that, a surrogate? I think they should be off the table. I think it's insane. Well, what if people can't have kids though? Then you like, can't have a kid. Then you can't. Really? You then you're not allowed anymore. It's also, I mean, it's like a pretty crazy part of science that you could just like have a kid without you a man's wiener. shoot going a into kid the, into another person. Yeah. And then that, that person is genetically predisposed to like love and care about the kid. And they just have to give it up. That's a fucking insane you, wait, process. Wait, you're saying that the kid coming out of the womb needs love and care? Is that I think that the woman who's carrying the kid yeah. loves that kid just by, by nature of evolution. By proxy, yeah. She has to. Uh -huh. How could you not care about something that's growing inside of you? It's not a job. Giving birth to a kid is not a job. It's definitely an interesting play. I'd say. <laughs> well, it's, and, and talking about someone who needs money, that's the porn of, uh, of birthing. How do you mean? So Stallone did porn because he needed money. Yeah. The chick who's carrying your dad's friend's kid. Yeah. Needs money. money. Yeah. yeah. She has like three kids herself and then also is about to birth another child. Yeah. I wonder how much she's getting. Probably like. I've heard it's 60 to 70. 200,000. Maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. And it also depends. It's you a full-time job. If you're carrying a kid with like blue eyes, blonde hair, maybe it's more so than the yeah. ugly type of kid. But anyway, no. the reason why I brought this up is my dad was saying that. You know, as soon as you have a kid, your life completely changes. And it's something that my dad's friend is like kind of grasping at. He's really understand that he's not going to be able to travel as much. He's never going to sleep. You, the, uh, the life expectancy in, in America is 73 years old. But your parents aren't are supposed to be able to like move around. They're supposed to be there. But, yeah, but I wonder what the deal is. Like why kids don't like hanging out with people who are way older. Because uh, they're weird. I mean, kids 20 year olds are, are weird. No, the, the old people are weird. You're like old to you when you're when you're three is like thirteen. Can you imagine how old it, someone seems with like yeah, you can't even fathom papery skin and they're mm -hmm. seventy five years old. That's that's uh, it's like unfathomably old. You cannot even comprehend how old that person is. That's not supposed to be your dad. Well, are you th are you thirty four? Thirty three. So you're having a kid at um, nowadays like a, a good age. They're saying honestly young now because everyone yeah. everybody waits. I mean, like yeah, depending dude, I'm on down to wait for a little bit socioeconomic status sure there, there's some variables right people with a lot of money wait way too long that's my opinion when our parents were having kids yes. 30 years old was normal no it wasn't yeah. too old hell yeah no no and also in the middle of the country mm -hmm. you live in nebraska you're bored you 20, have a kid well bored it's just like it's an accident people people aren't planning the same way they don't work at black rock they don't have like a big plan <laughs> they, don't, they don't have like they don't have a seven-year plan and a 20-year plan and they're yeah, they're not like i gotta 1K. i gotta be at work at 8 a.m and then i'm going on trips to tokyo once a month they they work wherever they work in nebraska uh and they you know they like having fucking you know vaginal unprotected sex right and they Who could blame them? they jizz in their wife, yeah, or their friend, or whatever right. it is, and they have a kid. Sometimes kids who are around the ages of like anywhere from like nineteen to twenty five, and they have multiple kids. I don't know if they understand that that well, or is somebody my, not teaching them. My wife's parents uh, are from they live in Wisconsin, yeah, small town. Okay, that's where they're from originally. Now they kind of live in Milwaukee, like close to Milwaukee. Um, 
they had their first, they have four kids. They had their first kid when they were both 28, 27. Yeah. That's, that's like normal. normal. That actually is genetically, that's normal. I and mean, even, but even now, if somebody has kids at 27 or 28, even any of our peers in like the comedy game would be cre- like, what the hell you are think you it was doing? Because cre- we're all, we're all pretending that we're young. We love to pretend we have time. We don't. Ah. I, I don't th- like Gary V would argue against that. You have time. How many kids does he have? Good question. I don't think any. Yeah, he's he doesn't have time to have kids. He has time to, to build a business. Yeah, you, are, you always have time to build a business and um, unless you have a kid and maybe. do whatever the fuck he recommends. No, I, I don't think that's true either. I think I think having a kid. Mo- I'm. I mean, it is about to be my life, so I have yeah. to be pro. Having right, a kid yeah, yeah, well, whatever. I'll play devil's. I mean, there, there are pros and cons, but I, I think that it motivates you. I, and, Ooh, and it's a fire under your butt. And also, like, again, this is maybe like a little idealistic, but I, I think uh, you're you're going to be pretty fucking selfish if it's just you. It, to me, there's like there's nothing more lame than a, than like some guy who's like, I'm just trying to do it, man. I'm on my own, just trying to make it happen. If you're doing it for somebody the likelihood of it being good or better or more efficient is higher. Well, when do you think that actually gets lame? Because there's a point in time in every man's life where you need to be about yourself and be like about it. Uh, in hindsight, I think it might be lame the whole fucking time. Honestly, I was pretty lame in my late 20s. Just a miserable guy trying to trying to figure shit out. You know, you sound like our parents, I would say. Well, I was I was in my late 20s, like going to uh, meetings in in Los Angeles and like, trying to get scripts made and, uh, and doing standup. And, and it was, and I was just kind of an idiot, very selfish and self-indulgent a lot of the time too. I, you can have too much time on your hands. That's my opinion. Hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. From, uh, yeah. from what you're saying, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think that, uh, so you think everybody should have children? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I don't think. It, and honestly, comics are such, uh, it's, a, it's an, uh, it's an inherently self-indulgent pursuit. So it's like, uh, to have kids or to just be a comic and well, yeah, I mean, you yourself. can make, you can make the argument that having kids is a little self-indulgent too, but there's nothing more self-indulgent than an entertainment career. I mean, that's like, that's the ultimate. Uh, it's about you. It's about you. Like, and it's, it's like, how cool is it to get really good at something like that, to do it? How fun is it to actually do it, to be there while you're doing it? But like obsessing over whether or not it's going to work out and, and getting really, really into that and spending most of your time thinking about that. That's not productive. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, that's, that's the only way I can rationalize what I'm, what I'm, uh, what's coming my way. Yeah. But, but also I, th- I think it's a better life to like to have somebody else to worry about who to not to like think about it like this like uh if the only person you have to feed is yourself you're gonna fucking you're gonna get fat <laughs> i do feel like at the end of life people never are on their deathbed being like oh damn i wish i didn't have kids it's definitely the other way i wish i had kids i wish i found someone i, I uh, that would be mind blowing if somebody's about to die and they're like, "I wish I never had those fucking I had, kids." I, I wish I had um, been alone my entire life. But people uh, seem to have the same sort of few things that they regret at the end of their life. Mm-hmm. Maybe they, they didn't stay in touch with their friends. They worked too hard. They didn't get away enough. They didn't pay attention to their kids. Yeah, but no one ever really—not that from what I know—people don't really regret. Having kids, I mean, initially it seems very difficult. It's daunting, hundred yeah. uh, percent. 
But is there yeah. any way to put, like, are you planning for it in any certain way? Like, you probably yeah. bought a crib. We have, you know we have, what space you're we have a in. We have a registry, and we and we just got a two-bedroom. Oh, okay. All right. But yeah. you don't know if it's a boy or a girl yet, it's right? Girl. From the, no, we know. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I knew that the last time we saw Yeah, spoke. yeah, yeah. Nice. It's be a girl. Um, didn't you want it to be a surprise or no? No. No, no, no. I mean, I, I didn't care. I, I wanted to You didn't care? I wanted you to know. Oh, you didn't have, like, a gender reveal, reveal party? No. Shoot the balloon. No. Pink stuff comes out. She's trans. She's a trans Okay, stuff comes yeah, out yeah no she's she's coming out fully trans right. uh with the times yeah we're gonna have a, a gender switch party when when she comes out uh she yeah she's being i mean i'm from san francisco she's being born she's born in new york city when's the last time you were in san francisco trans person yeah. uh, uh last time i was in san francisco yeah uh, is it as bad April? as people are really talking shit about it yeah no it's bad it's pretty scary what about compared to new york in terms of the oh it's way worse really? la's worse and san francisco's worse they're both significantly worse. It's it's like scary. It, people think there's... A, I've talked to people in New York about that. They're like, well, but there's a lot of homeless here. There are not. And also the homeless people in New York, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, listening and watching, <laughs> they're like pretty chill. I mean, unless you like bother them. Thank you. Like If you leave them alone, for the most part, they're chill. And you know which ones to, to avoid. People who are screaming and yelling in the street, they're mostly chill. I think that people, uh, homeless people in New York are like much more docile and, and they really don't have a big effect on people's lives. What, is, in San what Francisco, does that mean? What does oh, that mean? Just I should know what chill, that means. Chill, chill. That's all it means. Chill. Yeah, relax. That's chill. Uh, in New York, <laughs> or sorry, in, in San Francisco, they break into people's, <laughs> it's the number one smash and grab city in America. They break into people's cars like yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and in LA, there's tent cities everywhere. Like LA you, also they're more uh, unpredictable it seems like you don't know which ones are could potentially attack you or throw a bottle of their pee on you like I was walking by a diarrhea guy in I saw a video LA yeah. through diarrhea at someone uh there was a homeless guy hanging out by like a Dunkin Donuts in Los Angeles and dumped a uh, bucket of diarrhea on a woman Oof, she shouldn't have been standing there right yeah <laughs> anyway I was walking by <laughs> this homeless the, guy he yeah. had a big Starbucks cup full of lemonade and I was looking at it, and I was like, there's no way Starbucks has lemonade that dark. Iced tea lemonade. And I was like, please do not throw this on me. Yeah. He didn't end up throwing it on me, which is which is No, solid. that's pretty disgusting. Um, yeah, but like that's a situation like you don't know. It's not good here. No. It is significantly worse in California. No. What's your solution for homelessness? That's a good Solving question. homelessness. <laughs> they should all have kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, Light a fire under their tush. There's, there's no, so, I mean, on, I don't know, whatever China, what is China do? Kill them. Um, that's, is that what they've? Supposedly they do. I, I was hanging out with a Chinese comic like a couple months ago, and uh, and I was like, I was like, do you guys kill your homeless? And then, and he he no, and he was like, and he was like, no. <laughs> China uh, wipes does something with their homeless people. They have no homeless people. Yes. Okay, we'll keep that in. <laughs> but yeah, he Talk. says they have like housing developments or something. I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a me that's a minor San, solution. San Francisco tried to do that. It did not work. What do they do? They redid all the um, home, the hotels in the Tenderloin, which is a rough neighborhood in the middle of the city. Um, and they put them all up in there. And, and now they're all just running around the streets. It, it really didn't help anything. Did more homeless people come about because they felt that they had a steady place to live or sleep at night? Yeah, maybe. They might have, like, uh, they might have actually like traveled there. Because that seems like a more simple solution. You know, if you build 15 buildings in Yonkers... And you say, okay, this is homeless housing, 15,000 units. Yeah, but the problem is mental illness. Yeah, that's a huge problem. Bro, like, I can like, I, I get it. You know, like I have freak out sometimes mentally and it doesn't thankfully spiral downwards. Yeah. But yeah. I have freaking freak outs and, all the time. And yours are 1%. 
Can you, you can't even imagine having schizophrenia. It's like it's un, unlivable. You're not even you're not tethered to reality. You're seeing things that that aren't even there. Like if you if you say like I've actually heard that solution from people who like don't um, don't totally empathize. They'll, they'll go like just put them in tiny houses in the middle of nowhere. You know what's going to be in those tiny houses? Just smeared diarrhea everywhere. It's going to be a fucking disaster. And then you're going to have to hire people to clean up after them. It gets really complicated. I mean, maybe there's a situation where you like have enough funding from the government where you can like have hospitals dedicated to them, like insane asylums dedicated to them. That maybe is the best case scenario, but I don't know if there is a best case scenario. It's very complicated. In LA, there's... They're, they're calling them RV lords. There's guys who are buying like 10 RVs and they're discharging homeless people like a few hundred dollars a month to rent out the RVs. I mean, that's fucking just crazy. crazy. No, that's not good. But there, I think that if you, you know, and, and I'm kind of talking in my ass, but I'm, I'm almost positive that if you need food and you're in California or New York, yeah. you can get it. Yes. Do you know Sam Bilski? Yeah. yeah. He was homeless for a while. Oh, wow. He came on the podcast and he was talking about it. How long? Um, about a year in oh, New York. Yeah, that's a long time. Isn't in that New crazy? York, that's a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And he said the worst part is just having to move all the time, you know, which definitely makes sense. But you don't really think about it. Somebody's waking you up after like four hours of sleep. All right, get out of here, man. Yeah, you can't yeah, sleep yeah. here. You got to go find another nook or corner. You know, yeah. I, I didn't do it as long as Sam, but I, I slept in my car for three months in LA when I moved there. Yeah. Damn. Dedication, bro. Yeah, yeah, and it was... What I, kind of car? Like, were you able to lean back? I was and, just being a piece of shit. But honestly. what did you... Did you put, like, a, a sun thing in the front of it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had, okay, like, towels and shit up. up. I had a 1991 Volvo uh, that I bought cash. That's actually very How much story. was it? 3000 Let's talk about it. Well, um, so I was working at a restaurant. I just finished grad school. We talked about that last time, Vanderbilt? I think. Uh, Chicago. It was awful. Uh, well, I was doing psychology, and, and if you do... If you do academic psychology there's only one path like if you if you don't want to be a professor you're done you have no other choice can't you be a psychotherapist yeah you need to have a phd for that i, I, have, a, ah. I have a master's degree ah um and, and you have to get licensed and i i probably i could have done that i guess I, but I, that's like another four or five years of school so you moved to la after chicago uh pretty much well i was i was in san francisco and i was like just Kind of like, fuck, what the fuck am I doing? And I was like working at a restaurant. How old are you at that time? While I finished my thesis. Um, 25, 26. 26. Yeah, I was 26. Um, and I was just like, I want to do stand-up. I, I, I want to figure out how to do this. I definitely don't want to do it in San Francisco. I, I don't like knowing everybody. I, def I don't want to live at home. When I, did I, that come to you, though, that you wanted to do stand-up? Uh, actually, towards the end of undergrad, I was just like, I should be. Someone told me to try it, and then I looked up doing it at Zany's, and Zany's had this dumb open mic policy where they were like, if you want to go up here, uh, you have to bring ten people, and you get to do ninety seconds. Sounds like New York. Well, maybe, maybe ninety seconds? seconds in New York. I've never heard of ninety seconds of stand up. No, that's wild. And then uh, between all your friends paying, that's like a few, a couple thousand bucks. That you're bringing the club. They each get like three seconds, yeah. They each bought three seconds. They, they spend $70 for three seconds of stand-up. Yeah. It's fucking insane. Um, so I was like, I'm not doing that. I'll, I'll uh, table that. And I kind of like was like in Chicago while I was in school, like going to shows and going like, oh, this is, I, I think this is interesting. This is kind of cool. Went to some improv shows. I was like, that's cool. I'm not going to do that, but that's cool. Went to stand-up and I was like, I think it, 
Chicago Sam's not very good. Uh, I was like, I was like, yeah, I think I could do that. They're opening a second city, by the way, in Williamsburg like, ah, in a couple months. Cool. Yeah. Second city is amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I went to the second improv c- group. Second city in Chicago. It was great. Uh, like very, very good show. And actually, it's really sad because I haven't seen any of them do anything since then. It was like their best company. They were very, very good. And I, I don't know what they're up to. I think the pandemic kind of... Maybe that's some of it, yeah. R- well, it really affected improv, improv studios because they had so much space. And then like UCB in the city too. It's just yeah. like they closed down after not being able to bring in any money for three to four no, that months. Actually, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so then I was home. I like was finishing my thesis up. I was done with classes. I was in a one-year master's program. It was like an accelerated, very brief. They gave me money. I, I, I felt no guilt, really. I just was, felt like I was kind of wasting time. But they paid me to be there, uh, which was cool. And uh, and I was home, like, finishing my dumb thesis and uh, and thinking about doing stand-up. And I, I didn't quite really have the money together, but I just said, fuck it, and I went to L.A. And, and uh, I actually stayed with a friend for a little bit, and then and then they were like, we have people coming. Like, you can't stay any longer. And then I was in the car for, for three months total. You bought a car in San Francisco and drove yep. it down to L.A.? drove it down to L.A a big Volvo, like a sedan and living in your car in LA, especially when did I move? Especially like July until November. Pretty easy. Okay. It's not cold. It's not raining. Um, there are a lot of places to park cars. It's like a city full of vagrants. Everybody's kind of in between stuff. If you're not doing very well, you, you don't, you're like doing what I was doing. Well, yeah, Steve Harvey was living in his car. Yes. No, I heard that. Uh, when he was on the road, he was like doing gigs on the road. Um, yeah, and it was just three months. And I, I would put up the sun protector thing. I had, like, uh, some towels and shit that I would put on the side. And then occasionally, like, I would hear something and have to move my car in the middle of the night. I, it was some of the worst sleep I ever got in my life. It was horrible. Uh, you're, you're paranoid all the time. You Like, like so I remember there were times when people would, like, knock on the window. And, the, yeah, a homeless guy, this is, I actually don't, this might have been, like, a fever dream or something. But I think a homeless guy was, like, he wanted to get in the car. <laughs> he wanted to sleep in the car. And I was like, no, you can't get in my car. <laughs> you were visible, though, from the street? Like, yeah. You didn't, okay. I, I think, well, actually, I might have had a towel up, and I, like, pulled it. And he's like, let me in. <laughs> of course not. Yeah. You're not getting in my fucking car. Uh, yeah, it was, it was like, well, people are like, you're not going to be able to, how are you going to be able to handle um, having a newborn? That was harder. I have to get up and, you know, uh, shoot a little bit of milk in someone's mouth. I can do that once a night. It's a lot better than being, like, thinking the cops found me. It's not legal to sleep in your car. What would they do if they found you? I think they'd probably put you in jail for a night. No. You're you're not allowed to be in your car. I'm not sure what they would do. They might give you a ticket. They might give you a warning. They would just tell you to drive somewhere else. And they might if they're nice, but that's not legal. Really? It's illegal to not sleep. Do you guys know that? I had no idea. We could, I mean, I wish we had like a a Jamie or someone. We got it, Jamie. Pop it up. But but I do think that. Well, uh, we got a post post production, Ted Jones. So let's pop it up right here. And this is in San Francisco or LA you're talking about? LA. But I bet California state law is like, you at the very least get a ticket. If not, like, overnight in... in I mean, you know. theoretically, it makes sense because also people would just be buying shitty, shitty cars, parking it, and then sleeping in it. And they're always also doing what? that. What were you going to say? Well, I think also a lot of people are doing that, and there's too many to be putting everybody in jail. They have too much of a homeless problem to do anything about it, really, but I think it is technically illegal. Sad, man. Yeah, yeah, it is sad. sad. And then I... Um, 
I ended up living with three 19 year old girls uh, after that who I worked with. In LA? In LA. I went from homeless to, to that. To live in the dream. <laughs> yeah. It would also, but the, the, that was like a nightmare too. That was fucking horrible too. Cause they were just, they were like partying. They were None like, of them went to college though. They were all, no, no, no. That's also LA too. In, I think in New York, people think everybody goes to college. Yeah. I remember we were talking about this in last LA, time. In LA, no I one goes to college. You went to college and I was like, oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. People go to college here. Uh-huh. People are educated. People are smart in New York. Everyone in LA is a moron. It was just three 19 year old girls just graduated from high school. How'd you find them? I oh, worked, worked I worked with them. With no, I worked with them at Equinox. Were right? you a personal trainer? Mm-hmm. All right. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, you got it, nice arms, you know. I appreciate that. Yes, absolutely. it's it's an okay job. Uh, it's I don't recommend it to anybody. Don't pursue it. Don't pursue what personal training. Do not. Unless, I don't know. Depends on what you have in mind. If you're yeah. making, if you're gonna make some content or something and make that your whole thing, <laughs> go for it. Yeah. But if if you just want to make money, it is it's a it's a flawed profession. Why? Because uh, your clients come and go. Uh, it's not consistent. Yeah, you think you're gonna make X amount and then it's you commission. End up making, yeah. Yeah, that's the problem. I taught tennis for a few summers in a row. I played yeah. tennis in college. And yeah. That was a that was a job that was just super difficult. Just because like it's the same you thing. You couldn't be late if you were five minutes late. You know, then you'd have to be five minutes late to the next client, and then five minutes late, and then it would continuously keep going. It's exactly the same. And thing. also, your your clients who you were teaching might dox you for like the five minutes. Well, well I'm not paying you yeah. eighty dollars this time. No, they're. I mean, they're paying for the hour. And if you show up a few minutes late, you've, you've fucked them over. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a crazy. Yeah. It's like personal training too, but you're already at the it's gym. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. If you can get clients that will leave you, I don't know, a few hundred thousand dollars in their will, <laughs> I think that's a good way to go. Yeah. Being someone well, like I, I knew guys who were like the, the pussycat dolls uh, trainer on the road. That's okay. a good that's yeah. a good job. Or like Kevin Hart's trainer. You yes. travel with him. Yes, I met that dude. That's uh, Kevin came into the Equinox in Hollywood. He goes to this, the Hudson Yards ones too. Um, that's a good, that's a good job. But, but again, that's all you're doing at that point. I was doing it so I could do something else. So you're like, well, I can't do the 6 a.m. session because I'm going to be out so late. And then uh, either you're saying yes to everything and not sleeping or you're saying no to some stuff and you have no money. You can't win uh, doing a, career, a job like that. I'm actually trying to, do you know anything about SEO? I'm trying to pivot into search engine optimization. I know about it. Let's talk about I it. I just finished Ish. a job uh, with a friend hooked me up with a client. I did, a, I did a job for someone and it pays so well for the amount of work that you do. Like it's fucking insane. So what is it? Describe it. Uh, SEO. It's, so it's like, um, re, like a website has text and has headings, uh, just the, the words on the website. And what you do is you go through and, and if you're going to uh, search engine optimize an entire web page, you would um, put in like replace words and rewrite paragraphs and sentences so that they're more searchable. So the likelihood of, of the algorithm of uh, Google, et cetera, um, placing it higher up on the search list increases. So you just change the, you change the word, change, change like um, sometimes change what's written uh, on the page, but sometimes just change the word choice. Can you give an example? Is it like copywriting kind of? It's like copywriting, but like the most, uh, it's like copywriting for autistic people. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's internet copywriting. It's like copywriting for coding. Uh, so you're like um, certain headings, like if, if a heading, uh, it's hard to say exactly. You, you end up plugging all this stuff into like um, calculators and they say like, oh, you need to say like, the best or awesome or, or great. So instead of saying like, 
uh, HVAC systems in Spartanburg, South Carolina, you might say uh, the best uh, the best HVAC installation in in Spartanburg, South Carolina. What's something and, maybe like if you're promoting? Go ahead, go ahead. And that'll bump it up a little bit. Like the likelihood of someone searching that goes up a tiny bit. Like if you're promoting a comedy show. Yeah. What would be what would be some dialogue that you'd use or some words? It it honestly it's entirely dependent on like uh, we could go online and, and look up in a calculator like what what do you mean calculator? Well, it's like a uh, there's there's like all these these tools you can use that'll tell you what words that are before and after comedy will help boost comedy. So like best comedy, insane comedy, number one comedy, number one comedy. It's so stupid, but that might actually be it. You know what I mean? Because it it's the, the um, the algorithm on, on something like Google, like the, uh, the search, engine. The, the manner in which um, something is searched more frequently than something else doesn't care about whether or not it sounds good whether or not the whether or not it's well written it literally just cares about certain word choice that then leads to more people searching it that's funny sometimes i'll be on youtube and i'll see a title and i'll be like that makes no sense in english and it's doing really well yeah yeah that's what search engine optimization we had best time in philadelphia it actually sounds like broken english half of the time sometimes yeah and and that's like maybe that's the most efficient way to get people to look at the page because you don't want to waste words and and you want you do kind of want to use like sort of hyperbolic language where you're like great best all right for best example ever. what should we title this episode then um, i mean i'm sure well, we're gonna go through 20 more topics as we you, already you know have, yeah <laughs> you know you know like uh when you when you look up someone special like you look up like a bill burr special uh, a lot of the time on on youtube it's not he didn't post it someone else posted it yeah. a lot of the time it says like best comedy best comedian ever that's that right. or it's like comedian gets mad at the audience yeah uh like a youtube short yeah, that's video. a negative any strong language positive or negative is really good but if you wrote um best comedy podcast ever that would probably do pretty well best comedian podcast ever new york <laughs> 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 that could be good <laughs> uh that it would be that'd be a funny title and actually might be optimized for you. And and if you wanted me to look at your stuff, I could like just point you in the right direction for sure. All right, I'll take for you titling. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it's amazing. It's it's not what you think. And and I I like uh, reading. I like reading uh, literature. I like stuff that's well written. And that is not what this is. I, I like well written comedy, well written literature, well written TV, etc. This does not sound good. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It's more about like. It's just a fucking formula. This plus this equals searches. Yeah, and it's so stupid. But you know, I gotta feed my daughter. I'm gonna do it. Uh, I hate almost everything about it, but it's also very efficient. I don't want to waste time. How's New York been for you, man? It's great. How long have you been here? Five months. I moved in May. You ready for the winter? No, no. I'm gonna have a kid in the winter. You know, you know what I am. <laughs> you know, I, I actually am like. Um, I'm kind of excited that it's all hitting at once. Like holidays winter baby all at once uh i'm not going to be going into work i'm I'm trying to work mostly from home once we have the kid my wife's actually going to be the one working she there's a likelihood that i never work again well at least don't have like a job job ideally i pivot to full-time comedy um as we're raising the kid and my wife she has a job she got a job at a hedge fund as a um, office office manager and it's a good gig so so if she can maintain that that'll actually allow me to be with the baby during the day, Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday. Uh, and I don't mind that as, as like the flow of how things go. I go out at night to do sets 
and I'm I'm with a kid all day long. Anybody ever give you or people recently give you weird advice about having a kid that you're like, what? That can't make sense. Um, one guy just told me uh, he he was like he was like while she's giving birth, like don't look. I have maybe had vaguely three, heard that. He's had though. three kids. He was like, just, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Don't look. I can imagine. Cause like yeah. poop might come out too. Yeah. And actually you have to go to the, we're doing it. We're doing a natural birth. That's my wife's choice. For sure though. Yeah. Cause sometimes people at the last uh, minute are well, like, yo, give me the whatever. It's her choice. It's her choice. What's it called though? When you have the pain pills? Um, I don't even know what you're referring to, but yeah, but she doesn't want them. <laughs> uh, I meant where like the woman can't feel it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I forget. I, I know what you're saying. There's, there's a word for the medication, but she, she's, she wants to do it natural. She wants to do it 100 natural, and we're doing it at a birthing center in Brooklyn. It's like every fucking cliche. Uh, all the nurses are great. They're all like hate room. Somebody's screaming. Haitian ladies. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Up, well, it's kind of like a house. So it's like we'll be in the basement of, or sorry, is it, when we have our appointments, we go to the basement of the house. It's in Prospect Park. Um, and then upstairs they have the rooms where they have the kids. What do you do in the basement? Like Lamaze classes? You see how I remember yeah, that, that that's shit. good. Um, they, we are doing a class at some point. That's going to be over. Everything's over zoom now. Uh, there's zoom Lamaze that we are going to do, but those are just like, um, uh, when they listen to the baby's heartbeat, like breathing. And she does, she did a, uh, she did a glucose test, uh, multiple times to make sure the, ki the kid's not going to have gestational diabetes. Do people ever talk about fasting before childbirth? So you don't drop a deuce right there? Oh, interesting. You know? No. I mean, yeah, I think... Heard that. <laughs> it's an interesting it's a idea. Question. Nutrients are so important for the baby right. that I think fasting is kind of off the table when you're a pregnant lady. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think that's... to get that testosterone out. Yeah, I don't think... Fat, I don't think people are like, optimize your childbirth by oh, starving your baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, she, she's eating... You don't eat for two, but you eat more. You need to eat more. And like good qualities. You need, she needs to eat like a lot more nutrients than she normally would. She can't just fucking. No smoking, no drinking. She never, she wasn't going to do that. Anyways. Yeah. She's pretty clean as it is. I wonder how much you can actually do before it like really messes up your baby. It's probably just like, it, it could be indifferent. Okay. It's like you have a sip or you have a full bottle. This is interesting. And we kind of, last time we talked, we sort of went down an academic path. This is like, this is like an NPR style interview. This is serious. <laughs> this is serious sort of academic uh yeah, well, we're two college grads bro we're trying to we're trying to teach america right now yeah yeah <laughs> um we both graduated from college so we know everything uh yeah so uh i don't even i, bro, I, I almost by the way didn't graduate on time i got really? like a d in math and my, my parents or my mom was like if you stay an extra semester you're paying for it so thanks god i got That's that scary. d bro yeah i had i had like anything. the um I had my, my version of that for sure. I like did almost didn't finish my thesis. I like, I overreached and like was trying to do too much. And I, and I was like, oh fuck, I'm not going to finish. And your thesis was on something like pretty interesting. If I remember my, correctly. So my graduate thesis was on strippers. Yes. Strippers. Um, <laughs> and my, uh, my undergrad was actually on uh, sports psychology sort of stuff. So I, I did a, um, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy in sports. The degree to which your beliefs become your behaviors. And I, I measured that with, the basketball team, men's and women's basketball team, which is kind of cool. I got like good, three of them went to the NBA, the men's players, like good sample of- uh, And you interviewed them? Interviewed them. And that was like qualitative, slightly more qualitative data. I mean, it was quantitative, but like, um, yeah, actually it was it was quantitative. But I, I interviewed them. 
um, and then ran the numbers on the survey that they, uh, survey questions that they answered. And then I did an in-lab manipulation where I taught people how to juggle and also measured the same variables. But getting back to the uh, drinking wine during pregnancy. Or no, 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 but what, pregnancy. what I was going to say is I, I almost didn't, that was too much. I, I did two separate experiments as an undergrad. What a fucking, first of all, no advisor should let you do that. And I was like, I had months to go and I was like, I'm not going to finish this. I had all the studies done, but I was like, I will not be able to write this in time, which means I wouldn't graduate. And I was like an honors psychology student who almost had to not graduate. Damn. Yeah, it was wild. And what was the point of doing two? I was just ambitious and yeah. being an idiot. Okay. I start, uh, <laughs> when my advice, the problem was my advisor was like, yeah, go. He just let me do whatever I wanted. He's like, that sounds cool. Uh, and he, and he kind of was like hands off. Yeah. He might get like a percentage if you had to stay an extra semester. Yeah, maybe. I, I think, honestly, in, in hindsight, now that I have more experience with being uh, cripplingly depressed, he was not a happy man. And he was a great guy, really, really smart. He was a dean. He became the dean of the Ed School of Education over there. Great guy, genius, uh, troubled man. Depressed. He was just, he was like, I was like, hey, can I do this? He's like, yeah, whatever you want, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was so sad. Maybe that'll make you happy. Yeah. He was always eating like uh, Wendy's with his kids. Well, bro, yeah. you shouldn't be eating Wendy's maybe. No, but like, it, it, was, your brain. it was a little sad to, to like walk into hit to the lab some days. And he's with his two like kind of growing outward children, like getting chubby children. And he's a huge, he looked like Santa Claus. He was a huge guy. Yeah. Every every day during the year, he would wear jeans. And then in the summer, he'd cut the jeans. That's a depressed guy. Yeah. And wear jean shorts. Isn't that interesting how somebody could be so smart academically? Yeah. He's a, he's a lazy the, guy. And then on ways. the other end of the spectrum, they're eating the worst food. He was not taking care of him. And I think he got throat cancer. He was, he's one of my favorite people I ever, ever interacted Let's with. Let's call him. I would actually, I should call him on like Facebook or something. I'd, I'd love to talk to Craig. Right to be honest, I, I need to succeed before I talk to Craig because I'm embarrassed. He helped me so much and, and he, and we were, I was at a good school and I was like, I'm going to do something, you know, Craig, oh. this guy went to, this guy was a PhD from Stanford and, uh, and was the Dean of education at Vanderbilt university. He's a very successful professor. Yeah. There's so many people who are just so dialed in and smart on one specific. He's, he's an academic behavior. guy. He was yeah. a, a statistician. He knew how to run stats. He was yeah. a good math brain and a very, very smart guy. I loved his class. That's why I did honors research. That was the first class I ever took there. I sat in his class and, uh, and, and loved it. And like, it just all made sense to me. And I was like, I want to work with this guy and I want to do research with this guy. The stars sort of aligned for that. And, and since then I've lived in my car and done a stripper thesis and I'm interviewing porns. He would be like, what the, <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Like you're living your dream, aren't you? Yeah. Well, he, I mean, if he's a, um, if he didn't seem like a, like kind of a sexual guy, but, but if he, um, if he's into that shit, he'll be like, nice work, man. Uh, <laughs> nice. You did it right. But I, 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 I'm kind of embarrassed to reach out to him. I want to be like soon enough, bro. Better standing soon before enough. I talk to that guy. Uh, He's fucking alive. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, wine during pregnancy. So academic. This isn't kind of an academic podcast. We're smart guys. Uh, we do the home. We do our homework. Yes. We, we read journals. Um, Speak for yourself. I just finished a couple books on the train. I, I know I'm the smart guy. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, it is nice reading on the train. I never used to read in LA because I, I don't the, think I've ever done that. I was in the car all the time. I like read Instagram. I have, I have a long fucking ride. Like going from, uh, if I'm going from like McDougal to Astoria. It's like 45 It's 45 hour. minutes. Yeah. 
And I, and I can I can actually just like fucking uh, read a book. Being able to sit on the train for an extended period of time is underrated. Like people will come into work maybe from Stanford or something, but like having to transfer that's when it gets difficult. And uh, like in terms of like breaking up work, absolutely. If you're if you're trying to do focus on anything, it will not happen. And first thing in the morning, you're just standing. I did that this morning. Right. I'm just like between seven Chinese women. It's I'm not getting anything done. Mm -hmm. Nice ladies, but yeah. it's just not going to happen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so wine during pregnancy, supposedly there is a um, behavioral economic uh, economist who I listened to very smart lady from Harvard. I want to say she's like an econ PhD from Harvard. She said that she's run the numbers internationally and one or two glasses of wine every day for a pregnant woman is fine. Every day? Every day is fine. Is it red, white, Sauvignon Blanc? I don't think it, I don't like think that? it matters too much. I think it's about, um, like total alcohol content, white has even less than red. Uh, so I think it was like red wine. And in, in Europe, that's normal. They do that. And it's no big deal. That's, that's, the, that's how they ran the numbers. In like Western Europe, most pregnant women drink. But they don't drink excessively. And in America, we have a culture where you drink excessively. Mm -hmm. So basically, what she said was like, if we drank like Europeans in America, alcohol would be fine for a mom. But we don't. We fucking get fucked up in America. One turns into seven fast. Yeah, yeah. That's why they recommend against alcohol because binge drinking is normal here. That's the only reason. And uh, and actually, uh, Christina, my wife, um, I don't even know how she's connected with this person, but like, I think her brother's fr uh, friend just had a baby, and she was drinking a lot during the pregnancy. And her kid looks like um, fucking Winston Churchill, or something. he looks cr like an old man. He looks insane. Oh, is uh, this Winston Churchill right here? Yes, actually. Let's go. Yeah, he looks like that. So like these. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. It's That's hilarious that you have that right there. Yeah. yeah. He's fresh though, right? Uh, no, not no? for a baby. You don't want a baby. Oh, right, to look right, right. Like but that. I mean, like he had a good life. Oh he, no, a great life. Winston Churchill. I wonder what the effects are of smoking nugget though when you have a kid. I've never really heard studies on that. Smoke a weed. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm a, I'm from California, man. I know what you know about is. nugget. Yeah. <laughs> Nugs, man. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, we don't smoke. I'm sure people do smoke during pregnancy. I'd be very curious. Yeah. I, I don't know if they've run the numbers on that. I'd, I'd be fascinated to hear what they have to say really, about that. I've never really heard banter. Do you smoke that. a lot? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Frequently. Nice. A few times a day. Cool. I, you you seem like, uh, I couldn't tell. I was like. that. Yeah, I smoke weed. Well, my yeah. energy on stage, people think like, I'm on like, cocaine sometimes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I get. Yeah. But like weed, people never never guess so you you like a steady high because i'm already up here i don't need to get even higher down. higher yeah I yeah do yeah. the lower version to keep me in the middle that makes sense yeah yeah um yeah we i mean weeds i don't think weeds a bad thing by any means i it might have an effect on your baby when i was in wyoming it's still a schedule one drug crazy heroin and cocaine which is nuts that's wild you yeah. do cbd I've done it a handful of times, and I think it upsets my stomach. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe it's how you're doing it. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I've done, like, two drops before. Um, I'm sure you're getting... Maybe I've smoked it. When you smoke regular THC, you're getting some CBD just yeah. by smoking it. Right. But straight up CBD, no. Never really. Okay. Um, they were, I like that stuff. They were giving mm -hmm. out chocolate mushrooms, like, in uh, little, like, doses at the wedding, and I had, like, one of those. I was tripping... I don't really like mushrooms that much. I'm just much more of a weed, weed, guy. weed guy. Yeah, you don't like acid. 
I did acid once, but I didn't feel it. Oh, you gotta do it again. Shout out, yeah, shout out my dealer. <laughs> but um, do it at least I once. Didn't, yeah, well, I did do it once. I just didn't feel no, it. No, no, I'm like, down to do it. Feel it once. Yeah. Don't do it more. Don't you do ever it. do ketamine? Yeah, I've done acid and ketamine at the same time. What? Yeah. I did is that, that when you wrote your thesis? No, no. I actually did that in That'd LA. Like a good time to do oh, it. Oh, man. That would, uh, dude, I post-thesis undergrad, I did so much acid. I think it actually like fucked me up for years. Really? I think like it, where you'd crack your back and feel it? Yeah. I was having flashbacks and I was like having nightmares and I, I was in a bad place for so a while. So why do you want me to do it again? One time. The first time was amazing. Okay. It, was, <laughs> it was blissful the first time. It was like incredible. And I smoked weed during it and that helps too. Uh, I would smoke weed while you're doing the acid. Um but then I kept doing it during the summer and I had, I didn't realize, but I wasn't like, I wasn't like in my body. I wasn't super present. I was starting to worry about shit. I was like, I don't even really want to fucking go to grad school. What am I doing? This is, I'm nervous. And like, people are patting me on the back and I'm like, you have no idea how poorly this is going to go. I have no idea what I'm fucking doing. Uh, and I think that like, whatever those thoughts were just got louder and louder, the more shit I was taking. Uh, and I, I did, I probably did acid like three times that summer, which is stupid. Don't do it more than like once a year at most. Isn't that interesting how when you take the path that is seen as the right path, people will always be very supportive of that. Like, oh, you're going to grad school? Dude, That's were... sick. Let's have a party. Oh, you want to be a stand-up comedian? Nah. No. Nah, nah, nah. No. Okay. So this is, it. this, this feels a little self-indulgent to me, but I think that you'll like it because this, this is along the same line. Okay. This is something. This is something I've been dealing with you recently. Want more water, by the way. You good? Uh, I'm. I'm actually okay. Um, I think you'll. I think you'll find this interesting based on what you just said. Uh, you know. You know my background. Um, I run into people who I went to school with in the city sometimes. Definitely. Vandy kids. Sure. More so than you, Chicago. Yeah, the finance guys. You, Chicago kids are all indoors. They're not going out. They're in think tanks. They're yeah. not, they're not allowed outside. <laughs> they're probably still in Chicago during the winters. It's possible. Yeah. I, I remember literally seeing kids. These are probably undergrads, not grad students. But literally seeing, and I would have never gotten into UChicago undergrad. That's fucking insane. You got to be like a, I mean, you have to be like um, an incubated genius, like someone who never has left the library. Uh, but but that's salient. So um, I remember on graduation day, seeing kids in cap and gowns in the library. They just went back to the library. So they, they finished. Thank you. Shook the chancellor's hand. And then walked back to the fucking life. They're like watching soccer games or hanging out. But the only, like, that's the most fun they're ever going to have is like not doing work in the library. They spent the whole year in the library. They finished school and they just go back and sit down in the library again. That's how that school is. Uh, and everybody's, you know, got a mustard stain and bedhead and, and they're all like uh, solving some sort of math problem in their head. They, they're, they're like barely tethered to reality. Your reality is not their reality. You see some grads in the city, you were saying? Yes. So Vanderbilt uh, students. Um, I'll see, uh, yeah, I'll see people. I'll see people around and, and like, so it's, it's been, it's been 10 years since I finished at Vanderbilt. It's been a decade. So a lot could have happened over the course of those 10 years. And I know people who live, who live in the city uh, who I went to school with. Uh, I'll see them occasionally. Some, a couple of people have come to shows here and there. Um, but like, you know, I'll be, uh, I'll be barking or doing something that's not like a super glamorous thing. That's like low level work for a comic. It's great. It, the stage time is fucking amazing. 
I don't, I don't think it's a particularly big deal, but I'll, I'll see someone who I'm like, Oh God, I don't know if I want to talk to this guy while I'm doing this, uh, who I went to school with. And, and like, they, they know what I was like in school. Uh, and, and when I was leaving school, you know, I was going to a good grad school and they were all like, Whoa, Ben's really got his shit together. Ben's like, Ben's probably going to do some cool stuff. And then 10 years later, they see you going like, Hey, comedy, want to see a comedy show? Um, and it's, it's easy to head down a path where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing? What have I done with my life? But then you could look on the other side of the coin. You can ask them how they're doing. Of course. No, of course. And they, honestly, for the most part, like they have boring sounding jobs. Uh, and they, they haven't grown a ton as you talk to them and you're like, oh, this is like the same fucking lame guy so that I, keep, I keep referring to this wedding but um yeah, uh, yeah one of my boys asked a guy at the wedding what he does for a living and the guy goes ah come on don't want to ruin the mood <laughs> what does he do do you know no he didn't good wanna, job he didn't want to ruin the mood yeah i'm sure he did a good job yeah. his girlfriend was there he's probably late 30s making a few hundred k a year but yeah but the fact that he said that yeah if you asked any comic if you ask you what you know what your job is you wouldn't say that no no but i that's true it, it, and people want to talk about comedy they think it's fun they people think it's interesting but comedy. also they, they're like I, I you know i've i've like gone back home to san francisco and hung out with people that i kind of knew from like high school and like uh you know maybe we play golf or something like that at some shitty course in san rafael um uh and and then someone's like oh you're doing comedy that's cool like do you make money doing that and you have to be like you know kind of uh, people just think it's a it's a rash decision. It's not a good career choice, and it's not. But the question is, like, do you enjoy what you're doing? And also, your point of view while you're doing it that that to me is the most important thing. And I've I've lost touch with that, uh, you know, here and there, and it really will fuck you up. Like, if, how, do, how do you mean? So if if you're not if you're not like in fully engaged with with what you're doing, like if you're not sort of present while you're doing it, if you let those thoughts where you're just like, what am I? Oh fuck, this is not a good idea. What, why am I doing this? I just saw that guy from college. That's embarrassing. What am What am I doing? That's gonna ruin everything. But if you're like if you're a little more, a um, little less future and a little less past, it, it's the best. Comedy is the best. While you're actually doing it, it's the best. If you let it be the best. But if you're but if you're worried about all that other shit before you go on, it's gonna fucking ruin your set, and, and then it, and then you're really, you really are being a dumbass, and you should have gotten a boring job. I do know comics get depressed, you know, obviously, often. But when you you see comics face to face, you never really see a comic who's depressed out and about at a comedy club about to do a set. You never really pretty, see them depressed. We're pretty good at faking it. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's also that's also that's part of the job yeah. on some level. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. I and also here's here's another another thing. Um, I think comics are so happy to see other comics. Like comics have fun together, so they're probably not depressed when they're with you because they're like, oh, cool, like someone who's doing what I'm doing, and we can mess around and, and be funny or or whatever it is, or be honest. And then and then when they're on their own, maybe it gets uglier. And, and also, I do think comics are like more mentally well than they used to be, based on what I've heard. Why like, do you think that's the case? I don't know. I mean, I, I think like, um, like mental health is just like more, uh, it, it's valued more than it used to be. I think there was a time when people were like, if I don't beat the shit on myself, I'm never going to do anything. And, uh, you know, and the New York comedy scene means like you shit on everybody and you tell everybody what's wrong with them. Uh, you know, honest, honesty meant like just being an asshole. And, and I think that's kind of gone. Like 
like at the shop where I, I uh, bark a lot and do shows a lot, there's this one dude who used to be around like 10 or 15 years ago who kind of comes around out, which is a little sad. Comes around and hangs out and tells us stories and stuff. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man, you gotta stop. Something happened in the evolution of the comic where people are like, you kind of have to be positive. You have to have a good time. I really don't think that there are any comics out there who are just truly like dicks and like no. not cool to hang around. I think there used to be. Like yeah. Guys, you look like guys like Andrew Dice Clay who made a, a living off that and then slowly got kind of canceled and now he's making his way back. Yeah, it's changed a little bit, I think. And and I think like for the positive, it's like an adaptation that benefits a comic. You know, it's like if you're in a slightly better place, like if you're, a, it's like positive psychology. Like if you believe in yourself and you're nice to people and uh, then you'll do better. And also I think it's less competitive than it used to be because now you everything's dictated by what you do. Like you, you have your own social media presence. You post your own clips. You... You're not in competition directly with anyone, really. Like getting into just for laughs, that's competitive, but it's a lot less like uh, getting hired for specific jobs. Comedy Central specials. That used to be really cutthroat. And it, I think it's less cutthroat than it used to be. It's still very hard to break through social media, but you're on your own. Everybody's a private contractor now. It used to be like, a, like us versus, the, it used to be like a tennis tournament. And now it's like, I don't fucking know. I don't know what the sports analogy is. But it's not me versus you at all. Maybe it's more like golf now or something where you're just like on your, playing on your own and you see what happens. Does that make sense? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, it, it used to be like it's between me and Tom Segura to get this Comedy Central Presents. Yes. And that's out the window now. It's not you versus anyone. You no, put your you stuff up put on, on YouTube. Your, yeah, I put it on YouTube, Netflix, Amazon. Prime, it's not you Hulu, versus anybody. You know, the platforms are all open. It's you versus you, as they say. And you want to like do things that boost you, and you know you do kind of need to chase clout a little bit. But like, it's not like uh, me or this guy. Either I win or I lose. It's so much less like that, and that makes people nicer because they're not directly competing with anybody. I think yeah, I think you just hit it right there. Yeah. How could you how could you be mad at somebody when it's like you're not even really doing the same fucking thing? You just happen to do it in the same place. Um that's that's really what it comes down to. There's there's no like New York bestseller list for comics. We're all just doing different shit. And the the question is whether or not you you end up building your own audience, but it's not anyone else's audience. And it's really obvious now that that's the case. And it wasn't always. Yeah, I think within the last 10 to 15 years, yeah. it's like, you know, that comic has a podcast, oh, that comic does vlog stuff that comic is big on tiktok that comic is big here it's not just like like you were saying everybody is going for that one comedy central 30 minute special there's a hundred comics for that one spot yeah yeah or like they do 20 a year and there's however many comics submitting yeah that that kind of stuff means a lot less than it used to and there isn't as much of that stuff which it makes it easier for comics, but also harder. It's well, it's harder because you have to do more it all things, on your own. Yeah, and you have to do a ton of different things. And there's less luck involved. It's more just like effort, or, or at least just um, productivity. You got to be putting stuff out all the time. Whereas if you were if you were in that era where like someone would shoot your Comedy Central half hour and then maybe they'd shoot an hour, or HBO would reach out, all you have to do is stand up. And then your agent books you on the road and you're doing road gigs that are papered and no one knows who you are. That doesn't happen that much what do you anymore. Mean papered? Like they give away the tickets. Like the, uh, 
They're like, well, we're booking you for the week and whoever shows up, shows up. Now, if you if you can sell tickets, they know because of your social media following. That's a huge thing that has changed. Yes. You know, like we're seeing comics now who have the few hundred thousand on TikTok and now they're just starting to get into comedy, but they can sell out a 300 person theater with their, you know, their 15th time doing stand up or something like that. That's true, too. Yeah. Um, and that throws a wrench in the works, kind of, but really just means like if you feel good about your stand up, just put stuff out. Why not make content? And that's easier said than done, man. I told you about the commuting that I'm doing and fucking running. It's hard as shit to make content when when you spend like 90 minutes a day in a train uh, and you're you're not at home. Like, I, I basically need to bring like a duffel bag with a uh, a camera and mics and, and a mic stand. Like, I don't have the time to go home and shoot a podcast most days i know we were talking about potentially doing your podcast the last yeah, time yeah. we talked i want to do it yeah let me know we can do it we can do it here dude we could take off the ted jones things we could do it in a different really uh, okay thing. yeah absolutely, let's do that bro. absolutely yeah because yeah, i, I want to get a setup going and you're actually a fun guy to talk to yeah yeah no you're great too man um what were you gonna say we had, we had fun at the shop the other night that was fun yeah. whenever you came by uh i might be at a studio in whatever month that's gonna be like next month october uh with a buddy. Do you know Nick Callis? Yeah, of course. He's been on the pod. Oh, nice. We might do one together. But also, I want to do my solo one. I'll come by and do it. But but yeah, yeah. We might be doing one out of um, some studio in Manhattan. I, I don't know where it is. So what else? It's like I'm going to New Mexico next week. Oh, what? Which I'm excited about. Uh, you doing shows there? Yep. I'm headlining two shows in New Mexico. Let's go. Farmington, New Mexico. The shit. How much time are you doing? Half an hour. Go to New Mexico, man. Ben, this has been a freaking great episode. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. Dude, thank you. Again, of uh, course, dude. Yeah. And before we uh, before we get out of here, we're going to pop up your Instagram. Let us know where we can find you in New York or where that ticket link for New Mexico is. Please enlighten um, us. You know, all my show dates just in general are on social media, but uh, I in New York, I tend to be at Broadway and the Comedy Shop at the moment and the Grizzly Pair. Those are all good clubs. Love it. Uh, I'll post about all that on Ben Hurwitz Comedian on Instagram. And next week, uh, if you happen to be in Farmington, New Mexico. This is coming out next Thursday, by the way. Perfect. We're getting a little ahead No, of perfect. It. So you'll be there today, Thursday. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be landing today. Yes. And performing on Friday and Saturday in Farmington, New Mexico. Um, at, you know, some brewery or something. I, I don't so, know. So I think this is what you Oh, and, I, and you want to hear who I'm performing with? This yeah, is who? fun. I, I'll, you should, I'll show you the flyer. I just posted it on social media. Pop yeah, it yeah, 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 I'll go. Where is it? Please, I'll send it to you right now. Okay, I'll text it. it to you. Yeah, yeah. Um, that there's two, two Jesuses doing this. <laughs> Maybe they're just saying hi. Who are you yeah, going yeah, with? Yeah. Who are you going with? Myself. Oh, I thought I'm you fly- said you're doing it with someone. Oh, so this kid is flying me out. Uh, he's opening for yes, me. Yes, yes, Um, uh, but it's okay. So, so this kid's flying me out, Jamie, he's a good guy, but there's a group of, uh, people who I, I think are doing comedy. Um, and they're, they're named the shit boys. And on the flyer, it looks like it's me, Jamie. Um, and then, uh, we're opening. It, it actually looks like it's the, in, like it's the reverse and we're opening or we're part of the shit boys. It's like Ben, you know, Huey in the, what, what was the name of the band? Hugh, blowfish Hugh, yeah yeah exactly hootie and the blowfish hootie and the blowfish. it's like benny and the shit boys <laughs> <laughs> benny and the jets ben Hurwitz, you're the freaking man we'll see you next time peace thanks